Good evening, Junior Senior Two Views is back. We're throwing on an extra show today because we haven't really deep dived into the early start of the basketball season. And as always, we like to get a little bit more from our friend, Joe, to block content. Joe, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks for having me on again. It's been a while since I spoke to you guys, Great. actually. Yeah, it has been. It's and been a long time. Yeah, we, it's, uh, it's been a while. That, yeah. We know that the Denver Nuggets are champions, but away from basketball, Nuggets... away from basketball for a bit. Um, you probably know what I'm going to ask you right now. Um, so obviously it's been a month since the grand final. Um, as a Broncos fan, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, a month? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, oh, no. That, those those cuts are too deep. That's um, that's. So like the NBA is my is my sport of choice. Like I've come to the NBA. I've discovered as, you know, as a young man and figured out, oh, I quite like this and I like the culture and I like the gamesmanship and I really enjoy the sport. I don't have any choice with rugby league. Rugby league is the sport that I watched with my dad, is the sport I watched growing up. What I have with rugby league is spiritual and emotional. So the pain that I'm feeling, I don't play. Um, <laughs> it's worse than 2015. It's the worst. It's I've never felt this bad at a sporting result ever. Oh my well, God. considering on a side note that I had almost thought Barry and Randy, I, I have my last rights in them. I'm, I have no, I had no, no skin in the game on this one. To be honest at all, I'm a Souths fan, so I had no interest in the game. Thought it was over. Barry, there's been thoughts dead and buried, and then out of nowhere, out of nowhere. So we'll. I, I, the wounds are still weepy. I'd rather, oh, I would yeah. rather move. Please. So let's move. Let's move forward. I'd like to sort of ask you about your Golden State Warriors because there's a lot of people out there that think, you know, Chris Paul, is this working? Is this really gonna, you know? Because everybody said, you know, Chris Paul with the with the State Warriors, not a bad idea, you know. Then Steph could just he doesn't have the ball. He can go through screens and get the pass off. And so far, some of it's working. Um, does it feel like the Warriors have made a step forward or kind of where they were last season? I think that it's been incredible. I think that Chris has done everything that the the people in favor of the trade wanted. And now thinking about the Warriors last season, like the major, major issue was the bench and the complete lack of contribution that they got, the inability to hold a lead and the, the amount of leads that they gave up was significant. And that's why part of why the road record was so poor and just so many of the issues were, you know, the bench would come on and a 15 point lead would turn into a five point deficit pretty quickly. But now with, Chris taking over as sixth man, leading that bench unit, as well as just being great for the young guys. He's been great with Kaminga. He's great with Moody. And he's just that extra little bit of confidence that he instills in the team. Because when everything's going wrong and when the lead that the starters have built start going away, Chris Paul can just get in the mid-range and hit a jump. He can just get that screen, get into his spot, and like 75% of the time he hits that mid-range jumper and it's just so comforting to know first of all that there's someone on the floor that knows exactly what they need to do and can actually achieve it so it's, crazy. it's, it's crazy been to me now everything you're... so far with Chris Paul and that second unit has been incredible 
It's crazy to me now, you as a esteemed Chris Paul hater, you are now gushing over what he's doing for your franchise. Um, I'm sure I'm sure Draymond Green is now swelling with pride watching the Washington Wizards go one and five to start oh, out the wow. year. Wow. Let's talk about that. They don't play they don't play defense, that's why. Like if you think about the moves like from at any franchise is if you're gonna have a fashion where you are your players in what they wear off court, then you know that this franchise is not serious about winning. And that's a that's a warning sign for me for stars. Well, this is and, a, it's a rebuilding franchise. They, they traded look, away Brad- right. Well they're gonna fill up they're gonna fill up points, but they have they don't defend anybody. That's the problem is Washington doesn't fit anybody. It's gruesome to watch. You and know what? T- look, you know this. Accounts, you know this Golden Washington State Wizards say, team reminds you know me of. You know what this team reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, the Cavaliers' 0203 tank sesh to get LeBron when they had Ricky Davis pulling out his um, his alpha experience of intentionally rebounding his own miss to get the tenth rebound to try and get a triple double, and then busting out a be- clean between the legs dunk in a game where they'll be blown out by the Philadelphia 76ers in the final seconds. I mean, this team is the spitting image of that Cavs team, and honestly, they could be near the top of the lottery um, come year's end because it's literally just uh, Kuzma and and Poole taking turns at shooting the basketball from absurd ranges. I have to admit that as much as I do, you know, I, I try and watch as many games as I can. I'm trying to keep up with, with everything going on in the league. I don't think I've watched a second of live Wizards basketball. I think I've only seen <laughs> low lights on Twitter. I've- it's just not a good viewing experience, I think, for anyone involved. It's a horrible viewing experience. Why would – Why? I don't even think Wizards no fans want to watch the team. They're, they're dreadful. I don't think there's anything that they could do to help right now. They're just – they're not a good team. They're a horrible team. No, no so, they're a terrible team. They're, we we know that this no, team – they is, don't. There's, um, there's no piece on this team that, that signal a franchise fate. The Sixers exercised the demons and got rid of James Harden. And I would say that that helped the Sixers. It's a horrible trade for the Clippers. It's a terrible trade for the Clippers. It like the you know, I said this on the episode that we did. Whoa. In a, it, that You're mean, still talking about the Wizards? I'm talking about the Sixers now. Yeah, uh, the Sixers it, got it, rid it of James a, Harden. It was a, yeah, it was a terrible it was a terrible trade for the Clippers. It was a terrible trade because you you look. I said this on the episode. If you look at it in a vacuum, say, "Wow, they didn't have to give up Terrence Mann. They didn't have to give up Bones Highland. They didn't have to give up like three first round picks. This is a good trade." What? What? You? They're just sharing the basketball. They're just sharing the basket. It's the same thing. You're just giving guys who want the ball in their hands all the time. They're just going to be shooting until pigs fly, and this team's going to burn out in the first round. We know what's going to happen with the Clippers. And it's just, it was an awful trade when it was announced. The the mere idea of it was awful to begin with. And now, obviously, Harden coming in has screwed with the team's chemistry. I hated the trade when it was announced. I still hate it now. I'm going to hate it 20 years down the road. Joe, what did you think about that trade? I think it was great. I love it. 
I love watching this team. <laughs> they are the single most entertaining team at the moment. Like, did you not watch them against uh, against the Nets yesterday? They were incredible. Have you ever seen dysfunction on this level with that kind of talent? <laughs> this is a new high. Like, I don't think no, that- or a new low or a new low. No, well, no, no. This is a high. <laughs> this is as good what? as it gets. This is this is right up my alley. You've got four superstars. Well, maybe not Russ anymore, but you know, you've well, got look- four all NBA guys on the court, and none of them can find a shot. No. Um, the funny thing is, I think this is all about strategy and Steve Ballmer. He, he's, he's a horrible dancer, but he writes the checks, doesn't he? So he's thinking about next season. He's thinking about the new arena. He wants to sort of really, it's a, it's a, it's a win now mode for the Clippers. And this ties in with the fact that, you know, they've always been in the Lakers shadow. They won't be much longer. And this was them just be desperate. And, and, uh, the kicker for me was that James Harden got exactly what he wanted. I was just like, I was stunned. I declared on one of our shows that he would never go anywhere and that that would be it for me to play, be playing in Thailand. I was wrong. So that's it. I was, I'll, I'll, I'll call that and say for that. The, was it. For, but, the, for the Sixers, it's, it's like, whatever. It's a whatever trade. You had to do it. You got max assets back for him. You got a couple of guys that are going to be valuable. You got Rocco back, which is a plus. You got significant draft capital back, but I can't ignore. I can't get the taste out of the um, out of my mouth for the return for the Clippers because now, as I said, this this now puts them in a position where after this next draft, they won't have a single draft pick until twenty twenty seven. This is terrible team building. This is a horrible, horrible, horrible team building because now they have to go for broke with guys who need the ball in their hands on the court. Tyloo's going to have to juggle the minutes and egos, and it makes no sense from a basketball perspective. I mean, look at what the Nuggets have done. Look at what the Bucks have done. They built around homegrown talents and supplemented those talents with key depth pickups. And this is the complete antithesis of such. This is the era of super teams. It we thought was dead and buried. This has to be the death knell. Please, no more super teams after this. This is so. This might be the worst constructed super team I've ever seen because you've just got four guys who just want the ball in their hands all the time and need the ball in their hands all the time and need minutes. It's terrible. But moving on. Um, this isn't a super team. So- it's like the Backstreet Boys getting back together in like 20 years time and none of them can sing anymore. Right. I will say this is all about Tyrese Maxey. This yeah. this elevates his status. He doesn't have to worry about getting minutes. He's also in the final year of his contract. So they have to figure out a way to keep him around, to keep Embiid happy. It's all about keeping Joel happy. You know, there's going to come a time where Joel has a re-up. Is he going to re-up to Philly? We'll see. The other thing I want to talk about is the Bucks because obviously the Bucks made a move to get Damian, Damian Lillard, which obviously led to Giannis extending himself for three more years. Um, certainly, by all accounts, you'd have to agree that the Bucks are right up there as far as, you know, in the Eastern Conference and beyond as far as playoffs go, um, barring injury. You'd have to say that with, with the two of them on board. Yeah, they're absolutely, what, second behind the Celtics. I don't think that they look great yet. There's still a bit of a way to go in terms of bringing Lillard in and it just looks a bit, but they could have like today, uh, if you get a performance like that out of Giannis and then you've got Dame Lillard supplementing it to the side, then 
you know, you win that game 10 times Bar- out of 10. Barring you don't have injury, to worry about Benedict Matherin. Barring yeah. injury on paper, this team is in, is winning the East. I still have them below the Celtics. I'm yeah, out. yeah, I did watch your rankings, but um, I honestly the if if everybody stays completely healthy and the depth steps up and you know Marlon Beauchamp is what the the franchise thinks he's going to be for this team, then this team wins the East because like there's uh, there's like how do you defend against that? How do you defend against a freight train running down in the middle of your face? <laughs> plus Lillard on the perimeter, shaking and baking defenders to no end, and then just hitting a three right in somebody's mouth. How do you defend that? How do you scheme against that? You can plug as many holes as you want. You can close out. You can you can drop defense. You can do whatever. You can't defend against something like that. So bar an injury, if maybe teams do a Giannis wall 3.0 or a Lillard wall or some some crap like that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think I think the thing to understand for the Bucks is that, and you mentioned it, Joe. There's still there's still some work to be done. I think they'll figure it out. But I think also Chris Middleton's going to be the one who gets a reduction in the number of, of touches and then the number of points because clearly with you know with Lillard on the court, he's going to get his fair share of touches. They're going to construct plays with high screen and rolls. He's one of the deadliest. Uh, shooters in the league, and he's a closer. That's the other thing that's the benefit for the Bucks is if Giannis is in foul trouble, he does get in his fair share. Or if Giannis needs a blow late in the game, and the Bucks are comfortable, then they can just leave it in Dame's hands because Dame Dame is a closer, and that's another reason why he's there. And in today's game, it was the last three possessions where the ball was in Giannis's hands that turned the tide, where Mathurin locked him up. He had a he missed one from like the short elbow and then there was another turnover. So yeah. you know, and that's that's when it is the the uh the allotted dame time. So you'd think that with the two of them out there together it'll it'll be a bit different and teams will try and push the ball towards Middleton, but I don't know how in the scheme of building a Giannis wall, which is one of the only few effective ways of defending him unless you have an A plus defender and covering Lillard. Chris Middleton seems to find some open space in that equation. So yeah. it's going to be yeah. interesting as we get towards the the end of the season for the Bucks. I think it's going to take them a little while, and I think they also have to make a few trades towards the end of their bench. Um, mm. like yeah. The scraps that they're putting out there aren't that great. So yeah, I'm yeah, interested, but I'm not sold. Really, they'll really have to be relying on Marlon Beauchamp and Jordan Nora before the trade deadline, or even, even after it, if they decide to... Dip it, dip into the um the asset pool and get some some nice uh bench pieces because they will need to flesh out the bench uh in the playoff before the playoff run. But what about your Knicks right now, senior? How are they looking? Well, if they're through that, let that three. I think they're four and four now. Look, it's still again, it's still early. Um, I I'm happy about where they're at because the biggest move that they made when people don't look at it now. Dante DiVincenzo is a really good player. He's a good guy off the bench. He knows his role. He's a champion with the Bucks. He played with the Warriors. You know, he's a DePaul guy. So you can see Jalen Brunson kind of being the leader on this team and getting the guys that he thinks are going to help him. Guys like Josh Hart, guys like DiVincenzo, guys who don't really, they're not shoot first guys. And, you know, it's more of the defensive kind of philosophy of the team. So, I mean, defensively, I think they're second in the league as far as their points allowed. So it's always a Tom Thibodeau team when it's defense first. 
you know, the shooting's a bit streaky, but, you know, R.J. Barrett was, I think, statistically now the youngest on the Knicks to reach 5,000 points. R.J. Barrett's a really good player. People don't, you know, he was right there. He was right there with Zion. He's played longer than Zion, that's for sure. So, you know, I'm I'm not worried about the Knicks. The Knicks, look, they're going to make a move. People are like, when are they going to make a move? Maybe they don't have to make it now. But they, first of all, they got all their draft picks. Now, that's never been told of in Nick history, having draft picks. The Isaiah Thomas years ruined, set this team back another 10 years based on that tenure. So the Knicks are set for the next several years with all their draft picks in, in stock. It wouldn't surprise me if they make a move towards a guy who's not happy. You know, I don't know, Luca Is Luca on is Luke happy in, in Dallas? I mean, you know, I mean, you can come to the East where you can do something. I mean... It won't be. It won't be too surprising. It won't be. It's been a long time since the championship, but I think the Knicks are on the right path. I think so. More than the Bulls. There's a guy, <laughs> yeah. There's a guy who's probably unhappy in New York, uh, mostly because the calendar changed years, and that's Julius Randle, who has. I think he came good in the last game, but he has been up and down to say the least. Yeah, Jul- Julius Randle, like. He's he's an enigma because he's a he is a good player and he has all the skill sets to be um to be really a superstar because he he's he's a three he can be a three level scorer he can be a a guy who can defend all five positions but he doesn't want to be any of those things at the same time all at once he's either one of those things or he isn't. It, or he isn't anything at all. He's either a complete negative out there. But yes, you did bring up my Bulls. And all I'm going to say about them <laughs> is a players only meeting after the first game <laughs> means a, there's something horribly. That's got to be a Guinness World Record for sure. There, I've never, never seen a team have a players only meeting after the first game of the season. Something is horribly wrong with this team. What? What is there a Billy Donovan curse? Is there a Billy hang Donovan on. curse? Because seriously, on. Billy, it's a Billy. Hey, we don't. Hang on, hang on. We actually don't have time for that because we could take up the whole show about the Bulls. Yeah, we're yeah, yeah. we're moving on. We're moving. They on. are hot they, garbage. They are hot garbage. Okay, so th- let's think about for a second the Celtics, right? Because I'm thinking more of the elite teams. Now we know the Celtics made moves. They lost people, but they also made they they also they also made moves. I think in some way they lost some of their physical edge. Just me. I, think lost for the first time, I, I honestly think for the first time since Robert Parrish, they finally have an actual center. They got Chris Epps Porzingis, and he's looked good. He really has. He, if he, he can stay good. healthy. I, I, if he can stay healthy. I don't think he's the – even if he stays healthy, I don't think he gets back to all-star level status that he was with the Knicks, but he definitely is going to be huge for the Celtics this season if he can stay healthy because it's always been a problem with Chris Epps-Porzingis. Can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the floor? Because we look, they look, they made a big move though. They did get rid of some important pieces. I thought Malcolm Brogdon was their better sixth man last season off the bench, helped them get to those playoff points. Um, they lost. They, they traded him away with Robert Williams to Portland. Um, they, you know, obviously brought in Drew Holiday because uh, the Bucks said, you know, we got Dame, so you know that's it for you. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I think that it's still going to be interesting to see again Tatum and Brown. Brown got the big contract. You know how that still works. They're kind of the same player almost, even though we 
No, they play different positions, but also, they almost Brown, play the Brown, same Brown way. needed a Brown needed a an Amber Alert sent out for him last playoffs because he disappeared in the Eastern Conference Finals. Really, throughout the whole playoffs, he was awful. But uh, you had Joe, you had the Celtics on high, very, very high in your power rankings. What are you thinking about them so far? Yeah, they're good. I hate them. <laughs> I hate the Celtics, <laughs> but I think and the other thing too that has kept them. Um, as I've been, you know, updating these week to week, they're still number two at the moment for me because Porzingis has fit in really well and Holiday immediately has looked perfect for them. He's been, like you say, the first time that they've had a center since Robert Parrish. Um, Holiday is the first time that they've had a point guard since Rondo. Even like all those years, like Marcus Smart was their point guard, but he's not a point guard. We're seeing that now in Memphis. They haven't had yeah. a proper point guard who can take control of possession, who can lead the troops around, who can just slow everything down and get a bucket when they need it. And on top of that, he's like the best, one of the top five defensive players in the league. And he just has an absolute knack for the ball. And he gets so many different steals and just makes possessions hell for the other team. Defensively, they're just as good as they they were last year. But they did this all last year too. They started hot last year. Tatum was averaging like 40 in the first week. Everyone thought Joe Mazzulla was a great coach. Then it got to the playoffs. <laughs> Jalen Brown forgot how to use his left hand. Tatum rolled his ankle. And Joe Mazzulla, I mean, Joe Mazzulla lost any memory of how to be a good coach. Yeah. So as much as they are second right now, I still would I – don't, I don't know if they win a championship because it's got to be – they need to show something different than they have in all these years prior where they've come out of the – where they've come out of the East on top and they've – you know, impressed everyone all, all regular season. And, you know, last year Tatum was the first Celtic to ever average 30 points in a season or 30 points a game per season. And they blew it anyway. So, I mean, on paper, this, uh, on, I mean, on paper, they, they've um, shown a willingness to try and um, fix up deficiencies. I mean, they, they got the center that they sorely needed because Robert Williams couldn't stay on the floor. Uh, they got the defensive help at point guard that they desperately needed outside of Derek White and I love Derek White as well off the bench I think he's yeah he's he might really be, good yeah I think he might be even better for them off the bench than he would be starting for them um but I just it, there's always that lingering fear I said it last last playoffs there's always the ghost of Christmas past with the with these version of the Celtics are they actually going to show up when the chips are down because that's what it's been about for me with the with this era of the Celtics at least since 2019 and um and there's always that lingering fear of can Tatum and Brown coexist on the basketball court maybe the addition of Holiday and him slowing everything down helps with that and Holiday won't have to have the ball in his hands thankfully for the Celtics because when he had the ball in his hands and he was shooting the ball in Milwaukee we don't talk about that okay but- so what I think also is the Celtics shouldn't should not have home court advantage. <laughs> it didn't help them last season. They lost games at home that they should have won. So maybe that doesn't work for them. I think we should I think just thinking about things moving from Boston to Miami. That's an interesting team for me because they're a team that were in the sweepstakes for Dame. Dame kept talking about that's where he wanted to go. I want to go to Miami. I want to be there. Obviously, they didn't pull they couldn't pull the trigger on that. Tyler Hero was being mentioned. And I don't know whether or not deals fell apart because, you know, Pat Riley's Pat Riley. Pat Riley makes moves to bring in guys. Um, what say you on the heat? I think they probably take a step back 
I mean, they they fought for a plan last season. I don't think I don't think things have changed roster wise on this team. I don't know. All right. So, but the Heat right now, what do you what do you think about the Heat, Joe? Oh, they're just they're the Heat. They're back to their regular season ways of just not winning any games and looking awful on offense and drawing everyone out into these free throw battles that go for three and a half hours. But, uh, you know, there have been signs. They, they've lost Tyler Hero now for about two weeks. I think he just sprained his ankle. But I don't Christ. know. Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking anything from another heat regular season between now and Jimmy Butler's retirement. I just do not. It's just not I a just, reliable judge of whether or not they're a good team. I just don't yeah. know how many, I just don't know how many more G league swingmen they're going to find out of nowhere. I really don't because they weren't with the, the reason why their, their pursuit of Dame fell apart is because they weren't serious in trade talks. They weren't serious. They wanted to keep Caleb Martin out of any trade scenarios. And Milwaukee were like, uh, all right, but consider, since you're you don't want to play games, we'll play games. So I mean, I I don't know what Pat Riley he's he's such a he's so weird, man. He makes good moves, but it's like he does them in the most like four dimensional chess way. And I just keep thinking to myself, every conceivable metric tells me that this team should fall off eventually. Every conceivable metric, but then you have. Uh, his Armani suit wearing self standing right there saying, oh, here's this guy I just found off the street. Here's this guy I just found working at UPS. So, like... It shows you that the Heat scouting is really good, that they go out there and look for guys in G League and other places, undrafted, etc., and get those guys to kind of buy into a way. And it's also Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra is a real deal. He's not... He's the second longest tenured coach next to Pop. There's a reason for that. He's a good coach and he knows what it takes to win. He's won. He's won, you know, he's already won his share of championships with the Heat. Um, we knew last season they were overmatched against Denver in the finals. There was no doubt about it. They were too small. So, you know, they wanted to splash with Dame. They haven't. They're going to be a team that I think is going to be hovering around that 500 mark again, maybe sneak into the playoffs. And the playoffs is a different beast. You know, they know they have the Celtics number, but it might be different this time if they meet up again. Who knows? Yeah, I think that, I mean, that's the heat for you. Well, I put it to you that it would be absolutely no surprise if they made another Eastern Conference Finals. If they yeah. did, it'd just be like, well, that's the heat. <laughs> like, they just They're, keep doing it. They so just keep it's hard pulling, to doubt them. They keep pulling quality ball players out of nowhere. Out of mm -hmm. nowhere. I mean, who knew... Caleb Martin, Max Struess before, before like 2022. Who? I'd love to know because it, that that person that knew them is an absolute basketball lifer. But well, it, helped, it helped Max Struess because Max Struess was able to parlay that into a contract with the Cavaliers, which is the next team that's on my mind. Um, I don't know. Donovan Mitchell, he's kind of, kind of melted into this kind of team. It doesn't seem like they sort of. I don't know. I don't. I'm not feeling them. I mean, I think they last, haven't been healthy. No, and I'm feeling like they they kind of hit their ceiling. Maybe Donovan Mitchell's hit this hit his ceiling with this team. You know, he was supposed to be like. I think fans are looking at him going, "Oh shoot, LeBron who? I mean, you know, LeBron came back, got us a chip. Thanks for that. We made a trade for this guy, and he's look not taking anything away from Donovan Mitchell. He's a fantastic talent. 
He is, you know, he does things. He he makes things happen. But, you know, you saw it during the Knicks series that the Knicks were able to pull together wins because there was there were the benches were undermatched. I mean, they, that's why they got Struce, a guy like Struce off the street from Miami. Uh, I don't know about the Cavaliers. Cavaliers are, and again, one of those teams are an enigma. Um, their one big, yeah. their one big Achilles heel for me last playoffs was a lack of solid wing play. That's what lost them the series against New York. Um, they just don't have a solid wing. Um, I mean, maybe Max Schroes helps with that. Um, but they did address that in the draft. They did go out and draft some wings, especially. Uh, and one of the more notable names I recognize that they drafted in the second round was former top high school prospect Imani Bates, who uh, um, reclassified back in the day and was seen as the next Kevin Durant. And he reclassified and he fell off with Memphis. He had some legal issues, and but he's he's on the Cavs roster. So maybe he develops into a good start in NBA level player. But um, if you're looking at the Cavs right now, one of the more interesting stories for me as well is uh evan mobley can he really develop okay is the is he going to be the the one of the franchise faces that everyone saw out of him in 2021 him being selected in that in the top five of that draft but what say you joe yeah i think that the mobley thing is really interesting i've i have a lot of belief in evan mobley and i think that even right now he's one of the best defensive bigs in the league and i don't think that he would need any defensive improvement to stay at that at that regard for the rest of his career. It's just a matter of how does he round out his game and what can he give to the team to make them more competitive in a matchup like the Knicks where, you know, he got manhandled by Julius Randle. And it's stepping out beyond the paint and being able to hit shots and maybe in, in a couple of years' time developing a reliable corner three, which he just doesn't have at the moment. And no. neither does Jared Allen. So the paint with Cleveland playing two bigs at the same time, which they do so often is very crowded between the two of them. And they've got two little guards who are trying to get in there all the time and score. And then a couple of wings. And I like the wings. I'm a big Struis guy. Um, I've actually known him for many years, mostly because he's got one of the best hair, uh, just one of the best salads in the NBA, just elite hair and George Nang, the, the minivan who is just, he's one of the biggest players in the league, but they, um, I, I still think that what they showed last year is repeatable. They can do it again in the regular season. And and they were, you know, one of the better teams in the East and have been in moments one of the better regular season teams in the East the past few years. So I think that putting it together isn't too much of a task, but improving is where the big questions lie in terms of what does Mobley look like with the ball in his hands more often and and can he turn it into points more regularly? Or is he just going to become a kind of screen and and dish kind of guy? Is he just looking to kick out all the time to to Garland and Mitchell and and making their offense that bit, that little bit more predictable? Yeah. Okay. Circling back to the West, what about the Phoenix Suns? What say y'all about the <laughs> Phoenix Suns? Well, can can all can all three players play on the same at the same time? Because Booker's been out. Beal just got back today. Um, you know, Durant's probably thinking to himself, "What did I walk into here?" A guy supposed to be supposed to be three guys here who were supposed to be scorers, and yet I'm the one been carrying the water since the start of the season. Can they all stay healthy? And can can they also buy into you know Frank Vogel? Because Frank Vogel's defense, he's not all about offense. Frank Vogel's a defensive coach, 
can they buy into playing defense? Because that's not really synonymous with the Suns. You know, Suns actually playing defense. So, I, I mean, look, the Suns made some moves. They obviously made the moves with Portland to get rid of DeAndre Ayton. Thank God. I'm sure they let a collective thank God for that. And they got back Nurkic, who's pretty good. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, all three guys have to be healthy, and that's not the case for either of them, for, particularly Beal and Booker. They get injured a lot. They miss a lot of time. And that's the reason why Durant wanted out of Brooklyn because the other two stars were unreliable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now he's well, landed himself in a new situation with the exact same. <laughs> this man can But it's hard, it's hard to judge while they're so injured, though. I swear the, the basketball guards are constantly punish, punishing this man for that Warriors move with the two <laughs> rings. He he made a deal with the devil and now he's he's trying to he's trying to get the same deal back and he can't. Well, I'm very grateful to the devil for those two rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh well look, I I think it does come down to all three players. We don't know yet until we see all three of them on the court at the same time as to whether or not. Um, and look, they're gonna look. They miss some pieces. I mean, you know, Payne's not there. He was good off the bench. You know, Mikael Bridges is still gonna haunt them forever for for him having. You know, they had to make the move to get Durant, but they also gave up a younger version of him and Mikael Bridges. So that's gonna come back to bite them. They're a team that's in win now mode because they got Durant's in his mid thirties, almost Beal's in his early thirties, and Booker's approaching sort of thirty. So they got guys who are getting older. That means more injury prone. They're kind of and they're playing in the West. If they could do realignment and go to the East, I'm sure the Suns would be thrilled. But they have to go up against a whole bunch of other teams in the in a, in a stockpiled West. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. And we've we've gone all this time without talking about the defending champion Denver Nuggets. And oh, you wanted to talk about the Pacers. Yeah. <laughs> well, wow. well then. But it's the same thing. I don't. I don't even think there's there's much with the Denver Nuggets to say outside of Nikola Jokic is the best basketball player in the world right now. He is, I mean, there's no discussion. There's no discussion to be had. And he should have had a third straight MVP last season. And there's nothing to think about. The NBA just did not want to create any more drama. They didn't want to, they already had drama with two. And the funny thing about Jokic is everything he does, it seems like he hypnotizes people on the court because he moves so slow. You're thinking as a defender, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And then he stops and then takes his jumper, and it's very sloth-like. It's it's really like watching instant replay on the old NBA Live game. It's like he just everything he does is cement slow, and he, he just pulls it off. And I don't know. I mean, I think I think really Portland wants that home court because of the altitude. Denver, like they, got their, they got their city jerseys, 5280. So they're five thousand two hundred eighty, you know, you know, feet above sea level, and they they want that home court because they believe that is going to be their advantage. And who knows? Like I, you know, again, barring injury, can they if they can stay healthy? They haven't lost a lot. I mean, Jeff Green's ten thousand years old. Jeff Green's playing on Houston now. They they don't skip a beat. They just get you know next in line. Can Michael Porter Jr. stay healthy? Because he's had back surgery. That's pretty serious. Can he stay healthy? And you know, I think the sky's the limit for Denver, and Denver's obviously the team to beat. And like I said, if they have a good record and stay in first place and get home court, they're going to be very difficult to beat in that stadium. Yeah, they're the best team in basketball by probably them and then Daylight. Um, they're missing Murray for the rest of the month. 
And then the other question that was around that, and you know, a month for Murray, that's fine. They'll keep their head above water at least or win, you know, 70% of their games without him. I don't think that that causes them too much concern. And then the second question with them is how do they fill the Bruce Brown spot? And immediately it's Christian Braun, Zeke Naji, uh, that Peyton, Peyton Watson, I think is his first name. Like yeah. he just comes on. You're like, who the fuck is this kid? Like he's incredible, <laughs> incredible defensive presence, gets up and down the floor. Like they just immediately replace Bruce Brown with three other guys off the bench who, who can do, you know, two thirds of what Brown and all was doing. of the and all of those guys were selected with draft picks, all of them. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's just round. that's incredible. That's incredible team building. I mean, if you if you're gonna get cheap talent, you go through the draft. You get guys in the draft who can help you win, even if you have late late draft picks. Everyone gets so fixated on on you know the top 20 top, like what top 10 top 15 prospects there are guys to be found all over the draft and i know the the nba draft is a bit shallow cuz it only has two rounds it's not as fruitful compared to like say the nfl draft or the nhl draft where you can find gems out of nowhere and develop them but and it's basketball it's a different sport but like there are guys to be found in the second round. I mean, their franchise face was picked in the second round. I mean, this team yeah. knows this this team knows how to find guys and develop them. And I think that's going to be their calling card for a long time while they have this front office and while they have this philosophy. But okay. obviously you're hankering hankering to talk about the Pacers, so let's talk about them. Oh, I love <laughs> the Pacers. I've been watching every minute of Pacers basketball this season. It's incredible. They're the number one offense in the league. Tyrese Halliburton is responsible for 56 points a game with uh, when you combine his scoring and his assist rate. Uh, they have the best bench in the league. They might have the sixth man of the league in Andrew Nempart. Uh, Benedict Matherin looks like he's taken a bit of a leap on what was already a very good rookie season. Uh, Isaiah Jackson Dave. comes off the bench and blocks everyone. He blocked Wemby the other day. Uh, and they Buddy got Heald's not missing... <laughs> They got Obi. They picked yeah. up Obi Toppin. They made a deal with Obi, which I, which drove me crazy as a Nick fan to watch Obi Toppin walk away. He's electric. Um, mm. and they sold they sold Rick Carlisle up. Rick Carlisle, I think, signed a, a longer term contract. I mean, they struggled last season, but I think that was probably I think Rick Carlisle's first or second season as Indiana coach. He played there, obviously, um, having played also with the Celtics. And he coached him back yeah. in the day. Yeah, so he coached him and he's coached him again. So I mean. And he's won a tie. He's won a championship with the Mavericks. So I mean, look, Indiana is one of those teams that I believe could be one of those sneaking teams, either a play, yeah. a last seed or a playing team this season. I think last season they had a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, they were they just struggled, but I think they're starting to to find their feet. So I mean, that's that's definitely a team to watch. In I the am sense. Exci- I am excited to see them because especially Ben Matherin, man, he he does almost everything on the basketball court. He does so many. He does so many good things. Well, I mean, there's he has the speed to keep up with guards. He has the size to 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 deal with bigs. And he and on offense, he basically has the skill set to to kill you from anywhere on the court. I really like Ben Matherin. I really think he could be Tyrese's wingman for a long time to come. He sought out the matchup with Giannis in the clutch today. Yeah, and he he went one on one and stole the ball from him. And he's you know maybe three or four inches shorter easily than Giannis. So yeah. he's, he's got so much to his game. He's so good. Um, yeah. Really, really excited by this Pacers team this season. Their Talk rookies about... are also really good. Oh yeah. We, the, the, the Pacers are one team. 
Let's talk about another team that's not going to blow anybody's skirt up. Not that I'm not, not I'm wearing one at the moment. And that would be the Pistons. Because the Pistons always... Oh, yeah. It's dreadful. It's actually dreadful watching this team coming out. And it's just... It's a disservice to any Piston fan who is wearing like a 1990 jersey. They should just consider that to be... You know, this is before Malice in the Palace. They should hold on to those days with a whole lot of wistfulness because this team is just it's 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 hard to understand because they seem to be really bad they have a bad record they get the balls they get the picks and it's like where can they go from here it's almost it's like they keep blowing it up just they they have to they have to at least try and let Cade Cunningham develop I I mean I do really like Jalen Duran I really 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 like Jalen Duran I think he could be their center for a very, very long time. But the Pistons are they're they really have a lack bad of identity. They have a, <laughs> they don't have an identity. They yeah. don't have an identity. And that's the simple fact. Even with a potential franchise face like Kate Cunningham, not having an identity, even with that is pretty concerning. So um we'll see what happens with them. But another team which might be fleshing out their identity right now is the OKC Thunder. Obviously, they have um, Chet Holmgren, who is finally in his rookie season, and then the slob wizard known as Josh Giddy. <laughs> that tweet was an all-time tweet. That You may not be aware of this, but there was a tweet that was made by some NBA analyst that called um, Josh Giddy a, a um, sideline inbounds, I think, the sideline uh, off out-of-bounds out wizard. Bounds, yeah. And he he made that acronym Slob Wizard. So that's oh. been a new meme that's been floating around the NBA space. Um, SGA, I mean, we know about SGA. Lou Dort, Lou Dort's really good. Oh, I he's mean, been incredible. They're they're a team that's really coming into their own. And let me just get something clear: they have twenty two second round picks and seventeen first round picks upcoming. They're going to be trading some of those assets very very soon. How many of those do you need for DeMar DeRozan? <laughs> right. That's give me guy. all of them. Give, me, give, give us all of the picks, please. Hey, I, I would love three those second Clippers. Rounders. I would love those Clippers picks. Please give me those picks. I think the no. thing that interests me about OKC is can they make that next leap? They almost got snuck in with the play-in, but they lost to New Orleans. You know, can they make it outright? Because it's it's west. It's so deep and so tough. Even the eighth spot will be a have to be a a pretty strong record. It won't be one of those under five hundred records to get in in the eighth spot in the west. So you wonder whether or not they can make that next step. I think Holmgren, being a rookie now, having missed all last season with with a, with the broken foot, I think he's a force. I think you know. I think he's put on a little weight, so that's good because I was always cringing when I watched him play at Gonzaga going, this kid is a broomstick. He's going to snap in half. So he's, you know, he's grown a little facial hair. Good for him. And he's uh, looking like a poor man's Bill Walton with, the, with that little Amish look. But look, that's fine. Yeah, maybe that puts him over the top. But, you know, you wonder about all these picks. Are they going to just sell him off to form another team and get guys in? You know, we've seen that. You can't stack that amount of young talent. You can't stack that amount of young talent. They have to start trading some of those assets. I mean, some of those assets are going to be coveted by other teams 
and are going to be instant trade chips to get some legit depth back, um, especially to fit under the cap because they're going to have to start. They're going to have to pay some guys very soon. SGA, they're going to have to pay, pay, pay very soon. Um, Giddy might be demanding money in a little bit. Um, Holmgren, not yet, but they will have to be looking down the road um, to pay some of those guys once they come out of their entry-level contracts. But what do you think about and, that, Joe? Yeah, well, all of those guys are going to be demanding max money. Josh, I think, is two years away. Shea is going to be two years away, and his contract is going to be close to uh, half a billion dollars in value when, it, when all's told. And Jalen Williams is probably three years away. He's in his second year now, but he's just been incredible for them too. Uh, huge defensive presence. His offense has improved a lot too. He's great with the ball in his hands. Um, there has been some criticism of, of the slob wizard that he's been pretty inefficient this season, especially driving towards the basket. I think, yeah, it's not great, but I think just woo up. Like <laughs> It'll be fine, but... When you look at that team and they are so elite across so many different categories, like they've got great, you know, the point of attack with Shea and his isolation scoring and his playmaking is, you know, some of the best in class. The defensive lineups that they can put together with Lou Dort, Jalen Williams, Kaysen Wallace, their rookie who's awesome, and then Chet Holmgren and whoever else. Like that's one of the best defensive lineups in the league. Yeah. So they've got all these pieces that they can put together to make a good winning team right now. Um, they are, you know, and they're still expecting development out of guys like the like both Jalen Williams, like Casey Wallace, and and they want Giddy to improve as a shooter for sure. Like he yeah. he needs to improve as a shooter. But I really like them. It's just that this West is so competitive, and they're going to have to come up against teams like the Timberwolves, who are really good, like the Mavs, who are playing really well right now. And the Pelicans and the Jazz, who are kind of fallen off, but like that kind of bracket of teams that are full of really good, high quality players and are deep, is their competition. And that's yeah. a really tough standard to keep for a team that is really like they're one of the youngest, actively good teams. And if it's not now, they're running out of time because the runway gets a whole lot shorter because of the CBA. Yeah, and they'll have to, they'll definitely, definitely have to, if they want to win a championship with all the gang together, um, it's, it probably won't be this year, but next year has to be the run. Like they're going to have to see, they're, they're going to have to see some legit development, um, out of some of their guys right now in order to have a run next year. But if miracles happen and they make a run this year in this stacked West, it'll probably be one of the biggest stories in NBA history because they've managed to, to build themselves back from just just ridiculousness with the whole um Westbrook and Paul George thing and get back all these assets and you're like wow this is a really good competitive team who then landed uh the second overall pick got Chet Holmgren and built themselves up massively um but they'll be the 2015 Warriors yeah yeah another well, team- so- Another team. Lakers. Got to talk about the Lakers. Yeah, the Lakers. Lakers. Uh, Lakers. The the, the thing I get is I think eventually they're going to have – well, I think – I believe that AD's day-to-day has got something going on Anthony day-to-day – Anthony day-to-day Davis. What else is new? This guy can't stay on the floor. He can't stay on the floor. When he's on the floor, his motor is off. I mean, what's new with Anthony day-to-day Davis? Seriously. So my question is going forward – 
Do they watch LeBron's minutes? Because there was always this idea about LeBron's minutes and he's 38 years old. I mean, he he's definitely not playing like I can remember Michael Jordan playing at when he was with the Wizards towards the end. It You know, it was just, you know, Jordan not going to the paint. Jordan fade away, fade away, you know, hitting the shots, missing some shots. But, you know, certainly LeBron is LeBron and he he keeps himself in, you know, pretty good shape. And I think that he needs he's going to need help. And obviously, they signed Austin Reeves. He's so-so. He's going to score 15 points a game. It's hard to see where there's a level of consistency on his team. It's it's hard to say. I mean, the Lakers are going to be up there. I don't think they're going to – I don't think they'll fall below the third or fourth position in the West. I don't because I think the thing is The problem is good. that the, the problem is is the West has gotten better. The West yeah. has gotten better, and the and the Lakers have stayed more or less the same since what, twenty twenty two? Since what, like twenty twenty? They've stayed more or less the same. So I don't really see that much special coming out of the Lakers. I mean, they've got some nice young pieces. I mean, J- they brought in Jackson Hayes. They brought in uh, they brought in. I think it was one of the swingmen from the Heat. I forgot his name. His name escapes me now. But Gabe Vincent, yeah, Gabe Vincent. But um, he hasn't been very good. For I, I mean, they the team, the team. Board. Yeah, they're just they're a weirdly built team around AD and LeBron. But I, there's always that question of is LeBron actually going to be LeBron still? Probably because he's the destroyer of worlds. But, um, but even in the playoffs last year, they got smoked by Denver in the Western Conference Finals, and nary a person. Besides LeBron showed up, nary a person. So I I don't really see that much changing with the Lakers. But what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think that they had a pretty good offseason and that they kind of structured a good team that made sense. And then they put it on the court and it didn't work. It's all LeBron. Like it, it can't be LeBron year 21, age 39 being the most important player in your offense. He has to be a luxury because he's not going to play 82 games and you want him to be uninjured heading into the playoffs, which he wasn't last season, even though he had a very good playoffs, especially considering he was 38 years old. But the offense needs to be Austin Reeves and Anthony Davis pick and roll, kick and drive, or drive and kick, and having LeBron on the periphery helping out where needed. It can't be LeBron, please do everything and we'll figure and we'll try and figure the rest out because that's not a sustainable model. So I'm kind of disappointed in the Lakers. I rated them pretty highly. I thought they'd done a good job. I thought Gabe Vincent was going to be a lot better. Uh, I severely doubted Christian Wood, but he's actually been pretty good for them. They keep playing him a lot of minutes and he's doing well in those minutes. But I really didn't expect him to do that. He's been on a lot of he's been on a lot of teams. This is like his eighth or ninth team. Team, but yeah. he fills it up offensively. He can score. I think the issue with Wood has always been the defense. You know, I think offensively, you give him the ball, he'll fill it up. He'll fill it up quick. So I don't think it's about anything to do with his with his with his his, his, his offense at all. It's his defense. I think that's what it was been the knock on him. But yeah, um, so I'm thinking also about the Kings because currently Sacramento's missing. The Aaron Fox. The Aaron Fox has been injured, and I think that's going to be something they're going to battle through for a little while. But obviously, they fought Golden State. They surprised people. I'm not sure they're going to surprise anyone this season because no. they're not the because, same king. Because their defense is not good. 
They're, the Kings' defense is straight up not good. And they did what? Looking at their, their offseason, what the hell did they do to make their defense any better? Because their offense was the best of all time, the best in league history in terms of offensive rating. It was the best offense in terms of that of all time. But what, what did they do on the defensive side of the ball this this offseason? What? They got Sasha Vashinkov. Who? Who? You're at league MVP. Oh, the that dude. Okay. But... <laughs> But, yeah, no, they suck on defense. Yeah, they're a bad defensive team. And that just shocks me because Mike Brown is a really good defensive coach. That they, they just either they don't have the personnel or his system is just not registering. That's it's it or is it both? And I, it might honestly be both because the Kings cannot defend at all. Yeah. It's really yeah. shocking. And I'm also- I heard yeah. Matt Barnes before the season said when you get a new coach and he brings in his own systems, the offensive system is the first one to click because that's the most fun and it's the easiest thing to do. And defense comes in second because no one wants to actually play defense. So yeah. if you look at this team, like they, they've got defensive capabilities outside of Sabonis. No one is really like undersized for their position. And Fox has his moments. He's got good hands. Um, Davion Mitchell is not a good enough offensive player to stand on the court, but he's a very good defender. Like they've got guys, Harrison Barnes is, you know, he's, he's a decent to good defender. Like it's just weird that it isn't, it's weird that it's this bad. It shouldn't be as bad as it is, but it's, it's, it's the uh, main reason not a good why, sign. It's the main reason why Curry cooked them in the playoffs in game seven. I was watching that game seven. Curry was unstoppable. No, well, that's because was- he's the best point guard of all time. <laughs> but no one was no like it, yes and look even a a really good defense probably wasn't stopping Curry that night but their defense was historically awful and has continued to be historically awful but another team uh, obviously this th- yep this team is getting the most attention the because of Victor Wembanyama what are your thoughts on Victor <laughs> right now Joe I think he might be the greatest athlete to ever pick up a ball or baton or any kind of implement in any sport. I cannot believe this kid. He is everything that everyone said about him and more, and he's 19, and he's going to get bigger and stronger and better. And every time he shoots the ball, it looks like he's shooting down, and he's defensively so smart, not just capable and physically able to do the things that he does, but he's smart enough to sniff them out before the offense even knows that that's what they're doing. Uh, And he's got the best coach of all time in his ear, telling him what to do, keeping him level, turning him into the ultimate professional in three years time. We're going to have to make new rules to make it, to stop him from winning games on his own. He's a friend. So, so, so far I agree with a lot that's said. Um, He's definitely, you know, if you think about it, a guy as tall as him, Sean Bradley, over 30 years ago, drafted number one, of course, to Philly. And he just, I mean, he played for a while, but Sean Bradley, as tall as Victor Webinyama, probably slightly taller, he was seven six, but he couldn't do the things that Victor Webinyama does. I mean, you know, to be able to, to pull up from outside the way he does, I guess the one thing I see so far in the, the games, I only watch the highlights, and that's all I can, can deal with, is he is not so keen on putting his back to the basket. And that should be almost part of his repertoire. I don't see it so far. I know he changes the game when he's on the court, but I see a lot of times he's peeling away to the three-point line. And he look, he's deadly from there so far. 
but I don't see him getting into the blocks with guys. And he's still, he's still slight. I mean, he still looks like a broomstick. I mean, Chet Hogram's put on weight, so I'm not getting his face. But Webinyama's he's he needs to eat some more burgers. He needs to put some weight on because you know in the box doesn't have in to the go blocks, far for him in San Antonio. I know, and I mean, look, San Antonio's going to stink. I mean, they're not; they're really not a great team when you peel them apart. But when when Binyama's on the court, obviously that changes everything because of the blocking and everything else. They're not going to. You know, no one should be expecting San Antonio to get into a play-in at all. They're going to be. They're going to finish the season with maybe I'd say because of where Binyama, let's say for argument's sake, thirty-five wins. That that's maybe, being yeah. generous. If and, he stays, think, and that's if he stays on the court. Um, when I was when when Minyama came in in the preseason, I was and I was watching him play. I'm like, I'm seeing limitless potential here. Seriously, he has basically all of the in, the modern intangibles that you could want out of a prospect. Every single one in the modern NBA in a positionless basketball league, and so- watching him play now in the regular season. He's a demon. Like, this guy is ridiculous. So switching gears, they talked about Webinyama. You know, the first game, you know, this is the biggest moment since LeBron. And I'm going to talk about the Pelicans because somewhere Zion Williamson would have heard that saying, hang on, I thought I was the guy who was supposed to be coming in after LeBron. Now, we know Zion misses games, and we know he missed a chunk of games. He's got a plate in his foot. Last year, season, something with his hamstring. There was all these rumors about him potentially being traded. Obviously, that's been squashed. When he's on the court and he's healthy, he's similar to Giannis in the fact that no one can stop him. As soon as he gets into the low blocks, particularly because he's a lefty, no one can get in his face. He's that good. But I'm I don't think I think the Pelicans, I think the Pelicans might miss out on the playoffs this season. I don't even with Zion healthy. If it well, if he can stay healthy, that's a big if. It's still early, but I think the Pelicans. I mean, look, CJ McCollum is a great shooter. He's really good, but I think they're missing something. They're missing another, another addition. I have some young kids out there who are, who are helping. Well, does, but I mean, does, I Brand, does Brandon Ingram take that leap? Well, see, Brandon Ingram got injured early in the season, so he needs to stay healthy too. So I don't, I don't know. I'm. Pelicans sort of are an enigma for me because, you know, Zion was injured and they made it at least to the play-in and got through. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, really, I have to see. everybody wants to see more from Zion. Everyone wants to see more to say, well, is this the guy? Is this the key? Because everybody's forgot about him. Everybody's just moved right on to Victor Webinyama. And I really hope that the basketball gods spare him. I really do. Because I don't want this to become the modern-day version of Greg Oden. I really don't. Because like he's Zion's too special of a player. He's too he's too versatile. He's so big and so wide, but he can do everything else as well. He are we forgetting that this guy can occasionally step outside and hit jumpers? Are we forgetting that? Like there's I I honestly I don't think he's quite at the LeBron heights, but like the only guy who I've seen who well not really seen, but um I can really compare skill sets between between Zion and another is Charles Barkley because he has a similar skill set to Charles Barkley, even though Charles wasn't really a big three-point shooter. I mean, not a lot of people were back then, but he has a pretty similar skill set. But what say you, Joe? Yeah, I feel like when I think about these teams and kind of ranking them in orders as I've been doing, 
um, this season so far is I'll think about a team until I hit a, a clunk, basically, of like, how long do I have to think about this team before I go, oh, maybe that doesn't work. Like, take the take the Pelicans. It goes, oh, Zion, awesome. Ingram, good if healthy. McCollum, you know, back end of his career, but still good if healthy. He's got a collapsed lung. That's the clunk. It goes, oh, if, if, if. I've said three ifs for three players. Yeah. And that's what I think. Like, I just don't feel like they're as complete as other teams around them. And in that bracket that they're going to be competing in, and you'd think that maybe, like, you know, the four or five teams that are all going to be around that 42 or so wins wins in the season, uh, there's more certainty around everyone else around them. And at their best, they could be top two or top three in the in the West because that's what they were at their best last season and they haven't changed anything that would make them worse. So they're just a really confusing team that makes me feel sad thinking about them, pos- oh, thinking about them honestly because there's so many potential injuries that surround all their good players. But at their best, they're super exciting, super talented. They get in everyone's face and they win games based off the fact that no one can stop Zion. So I would love to see them win 50 games, but it's just it's just hard to see Zion playing that many. Okay. So the other team I'm thinking about as we're talking, the, the number two guy that was selected was John Morant. And we all know John Morant had a very interesting last season, um, not once but twice being suspended, which I think, um, you know, impacted his team greatly. Um, they got rid of Dylan Brooks, the Memphis Grizzlies, which was a wise move because he's a weirdo. Um, and, and it's just a ped case. And they look, they added some, I guess, some measure of veteran. They got Derek Rose there, and Derek Rose, you know, exceeded expectations uh, from my my boy's days as as a Bulls fan, and still is with with him being MVP and now playing towards the tail end of his career. And Marcus Smart, who you know, obviously, right now. It's a bit unusual. I don't know if the fits are happening. They're missing Stephen Adams. He's out for the whole season anyway. Mm-hmm. So they're another team that's a bit confusing. I think Jaws back. I'm pretty sure he's returned. No, no, he's no, he's not, not yet. Okay, he's not back. And they're not, yet, e- so they they're not even the confusing. Storm. They're not even confusing. They're just straight up bad. They're just straight up not a good team. Because well, they've got nine guys injured. They don't got, have yeah, a roster. yeah, because their roster is depleted. Also, is Jaron Jackson healthy right now? Yeah, Who knows? And he's look, he can't he's rebound. Right. He, he can't really rebound. He didn't really show a willingness to rebound in the World Cup. I don't even think he's shown a willingness to rebound here. But hang on, hang on. Helps on the way. Bismack Biombo has been something. Oh, for goodness' sake! <laughs> yeah, oh he saved God. the day against Portland. Bismack, Bismack Biombo. They got him. They got they that's a piece. To, that's a piece. That's the piece to bring Tennessee a championship, please. Um, There are other teams that we could go over, but we've talked about this for way too long, and (laughs) I think we should cut this here. Uh, That'll be the end of of episode 169 of Junior Senior Two Views. Thank you, Joe, for joining us again. Hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Hey, well, let's go. Why don't we propose to catch up at the All-Star break? Because I think All-Star sort of gives you a real – sense of where everybody's at at that point and now yeah. obviously a couple of things out of that was they're going back to east versus west thank god for that they mm. scrapped the stupid captaincy i um, no, i i did like i did like the captain thing but it ran its course 
No. I think East-West is back the way it needs to be. Get back to the old unis, too. Really short shorts. Make them suffer. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. That's Talk it. If you're, if you're coming from any other platform, welcome. We do welcome. this thing once, but this week twice. Next week, the next episode, in fact, we're going to have a week, I think it was week nine review of the NFL season. We're going to have week 10 uh, previews and predictions. But until then, we'll see you. Thank you so much again, Joe, for joining us. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Bye. See you, everybody. Bye.